and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the Pack Heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 49, where today I'm chatting with Marilyn Cordoba from Panella Lemon. Now, I met Marilyn at the recent From the Ground Up trade show and conference. Uh, last week, I obviously spoke to Todd and Melinda from Alchemy, and next week, I've got on the team from Bang & Bannock, who actually took out the bronze medal. Now, uh, we're going to also have on a few more guests from the trade show. We've got them in the hopper already, so definitely something to look forward to. It was a great trade show, and um, yeah, lots to take away from it. But today, the spotlight's on Marilyn and Penella Lemon. Uh, Gotta say, when I was at the trade show, I tasted her hazelnut cookie. It was awesome, and I'm not surprised at all that she got recognized for her business and for her outstanding product. The cookie was decadent, beautifully wrapped up in a beautiful brand and story. So yeah, not surprised at all that she got recognition there. But today's conversation, we touched on her journey through entrepreneurship, right from the seat of the idea, all the way through to the current mechanics of her startup business and the overarching vision that she has for Penella Lemon. Now at Penella Lemon, uh, Marilyn's vision and mission is to bring happiness to each one of her customers in the form of a treat. And I totally get it. Like she's done a beautiful job and I recommend heading along to her website because you'll see exactly what I mean. Now, all of Marilyn's products are plant-based, preservative, and artificial diet-free and produced using high-quality and local ingredients. All of Marilyn's Panella Lemon cookies are available online via the Panella Lemon web store and a few other online locations like Coho Retail, BC Local Root, Spud.ca, and Cooler Kitchen. And you can also find her cookies in other retail locations found around Metro Vancouver. Today's episode was a cracker, definitely lots of nuggets of gold to draw into your business. But before we do kick off into the episode, just a few moments to recognize our show sponsors. So first off the rank, we've got Food Pack. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, but your packaging is the first and most meaningful interaction that your consumer will have with your product. So at Food Pack, we focus exclusively on what your vision and needs are and work hard to deliver on a flexible packaging solution that serves its purpose properly at the right price. So if you're looking to get into the market for the first time with a stock pouch or would like to assess your existing program, I recommend that you get in touch with me directly by emailing me at hayden at foodpack, and that's pack with a K, dot CA, or by calling me on 604-360-6790. Now, how serious are you in the pursuit of squeezing every last drop of your potential into whatever it is that you're passionate about in life? So be it your career or relationship or even your relationship with yourself. Well, 12 months ago, I started working with a coach with the aim of gaining a real clear vision for my life and the sort of fundamentals of long-term and short-term goals. Not only that, but the mindset needed to achieve those goals and the systems and processes to support it all like daily and weekly and monthly structures that really need to be in place to see progress and success in your vision. So I've really enjoyed the process and I would highly recommend you reach out to Brad Bodnerchuk for a free 45 minute strategy session by visiting the link in the show notes. Brad is an absolute world-class coach, and if you're willing to push yourself in ways that you didn't even know were possible, you're crazy not to go and have that 45-minute chat with Brad and take it from there. 
Futurepreneur Canada is the only national non-profit organization that supports young entrepreneurs aged 18 to 39 with up to $60,000 in financing, an expert business mentor for up to two years and resources to help you plan, manage and grow your business. I actually interviewed Mina Higigi from Futurepreneur on episode 31 and I recommend that you go back through the catalog and have a listen because Mina outlines with some detail the program options and webinar series that they have on offer at Futurepreneur. Uh, One that I'd like to point out is their three-part workshop series called Rock My Business Idea, Plan and Cashflow. And I think this is a really good program for you if obviously you've got a business idea and you want to turn it into reality and all of the work that you need to do to actually turn it into something tangible. If you'd like to learn more about the programs at Futurepreneur, head on down to the show notes and click on their link. Marilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. No worries. How's your day been? Uh, busy, but it was really good. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Um, I've been really excited to have you on the show because obviously you and I met at the um, the Ground Up Trade Show uh, that yes. Andrea Gray Grant put on. And you won silver for Outstanding Product of the Year. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, you must be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. It was a surprise, actually. Really? Okay, yeah. yeah I well, wasn't expecting that, so. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to get voted by your peers is a huge achievement, I think. And uh, But I'm not surprised yeah. at all. I had the hazelnut cookie that you were, um, that you were giving out and letting everybody taste, and it was absolutely delicious. Thank you very much. I yeah. really like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So where are you from? Where did you grow up? I am from Colombia. I right. grew up in Colombia. Yeah. Yes. So I moved to Canada around seven years ago. Okay. Okay. And what brought you out to yeah. Canada? Uh, my family. My husband was in here. Okay. Okay. So he was already out <laughs> here. So you came out here to join him, did you? Yeah. And yeah, is he yes. Colombian as well? No, he's from England. All ah, right. Okay, a truly international mm-hmm. marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I yeah, um my wife's my wife's Canadian and I'm Australian and we ended up here as well. So I know he's kind of the the world that you're living in right now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And did you guys meet in Canada or where did you guys meet? No, in Colombia. Ah, right. Colombia. So he was traveling through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, very good. And mm-hmm. um, how was life growing up in Colombia? I was actually it was really nice. I, yeah. I got um I had a really nice childhood. Yeah. Uh the weather was cool. I mean everything was I think it was pretty good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no doubt. I'm yet to travel down to South America. It's definitely something that I will do one day. Um my wife and yeah, I talk should. about it a lot. Yeah. And my grandparents have traveled through and and also I've come from the coffee industry and there's a lot of coffee being grown in Brazil and you know El Salvador and Colombia, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, were yeah, you ex- <laughs> were you exposed to any coffee growing regions at all? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. uh, one of uh, the areas where I was from, where I am from, um, they have this specialty coffee. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Every time I go there, I bring some with me. Yeah. Just because okay. um, it's not, it's very mild with my stomach. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, nice. Um, climate change is proving to be a, um, a huge challenge down in South America at the moment um, with a lot of uh, leaf rust and other, you know, funguses and, um, and uh, diseases that are impacting yeah. the coffee growing trees 
or the coffee trees. And uh, yeah, climate change is the, the main driver behind all of that because the, the climate's shifting, the temperatures are changing and it's becoming more conducive to, you know, the fungus and the rust that's growing on the leaves. Yeah. And I know that that's happening in Brazil as well, which is, you know, reducing uh, supply and obviously demand isn't, isn't um, reducing and, you know, price is going up all over the place or price yeah. is really fluctuating. So um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting story, but did you grow up in a regional area in Columbia or you were you in a city? Um, in a city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. And how do you find things over here in Canada? I actually, I enjoy it. It's really nice to yeah. have the four seasons. Yeah. Um, it's very clean country. Um, in this city, you have nature, like everywhere you have mountains, sea, yeah. everything is in here. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what we love about it as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, for me growing up in Australia, the seasons aren't as well defined as they are over here. So I really enjoy it. And yeah, fall at the moment is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So tell me, did you study it all out here or did you uh, move out and start working full time or what did your sort of path look like in that respect? Yeah, um, I am an accountant. Right. Uh, I'm like graduate in Colombia. Mm -hmm. So when I'm moving here, it's actually an interesting story. When I'm moving here, um, I didn't have the money to go back to school because I needed to validate my degree. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and I have this dream that I wanted to have my own company, but I didn't have the money to do it. So I decided to choose something that supports me um, to raise some money, to save some money. And yeah, and I still have some income for myself as well. Uh, right. So I decided to do this electrical job. So I went as an electrician, electrical apprentice. Wow. So I didn't, I didn't finish, but uh, I was in there for three years. Yeah. Yep. A little bit over three years. Yeah. So it was um, a very interesting experience. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks to this job, I was able to save some money. And that is how I started Panera uh, Limon. Yeah, fantastic. So, you know, obviously being an accountant is extremely sort of cognitive, you know, world that you've come from, you know, crunching numbers and, you know, balancing yeah. books and all of that. And then you moved into working with your hands in electrical. How did you find the shift in that world? Actually, I always like to work with my hands. Yeah. That is okay. what I, I like to make cookies because we yeah. made it by, with our hands. And, yeah. um, so it was actually fun in that way. Um, and the, the, the accounting actually was good for me if I wanted to have a company. That was mm. the idea to have mm. like a background or something, a little mm. bit of knowledge. Yeah. So I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, interesting. That, that makes total sense. So it's sort of Panela Lemon is the culmination of all of your background experience sort of being expressed in cookies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and did you grow up baking? Like, is that something that you're always passionate about? Uh, yeah. Um, I grew up in a family that was involved in the food industry. Mm. Um, my mom used to own a small restaurant. Um, by then, my stepfather used to be a chef. All right. Um, and yeah, and every single job that I got when I was still a student as an accountant, um, it was in the food industry. So I was, mm. was involved in that and I knew that my company had to be in that, in that area. Yeah. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. And, and I grew up in a family where uh, we eat very healthy. So I always try to have my own snacks and, mm. and yeah, so that was where the idea came from. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Very good. So what was the motivating and driving factor for obviously starting Panala Lemon, but actually getting going? Like, was it an idea that you hadn't like cookies was always the one or did you have sort of like multiple options that you were sort of thinking about and cookies is where you landed? Yeah, I have a few options. Uh, like I wanted a coffee shop, but everything was related like pastry mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. But definitely um, I thought the cookies were, were a good idea. Yeah. 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 Everybody yeah, loves I had cookies. Like a, yeah, I know. And um, uh, I got a nice experience uh, where I realized that, yeah, this is what I want to do, what I feel comfortable doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how did you get started? What was what did that look like? Did you put all of your ideas down on paper or did you actually get into a commissary kitchen and just start baking or where did it all start? No. Yeah, so I was working on that around a year, mm-hmm. working on the recipes. Yeah. Um because I wanted to have a product with ingredients that I that I'm used to work with or mm-hmm. that I'm used to eat. I wanted them to be with wholesome ingredients and yep. all these kind of things. And so it took me a while to get the right recipe or for something that I, I feel happy about it. Mm. And, um, and I also started working on the business and the website. And yeah, it took me around a year. So I was uh, going step by step and until finally I felt like, yeah, I guess that I have everything is, is not perfect, but it's still good enough to launch the yeah. The, the, the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, were you sampling with people and that was sort of how you were getting feedback on the cookies that you were producing yeah. or was it something that you were sort of doing more on your own and sort of like a little closed loop? No, yes. I, I have my friends, electrical friends, yeah. the, yeah. the electrician. So they used to try all the cookies and give me their feedback. So it was, loved it. it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would have been the most yeah. popular person on the job site coming with a tin of cookies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. And so you started off in your kitchen at home. Uh, you were getting some really great feedback on the product and you sort of landed on some recipes. And then, you know, when was it that you actually pulled the pin on um, on working in the electrical world and jumping into Panela Lemon? Well, I was having, um, I was getting a little bit busier. Yeah. And I was, I had this full-time job and in the afternoons I used to go sometimes until 2 a.m. to bake cookies and also during the weekends. Mm. So I was kind of exhausted Yeah. Uh, just because I had to wake up really early for the other job. And I was like, yeah, this has to has to end. I need to try this. I need to give it a chance. So yeah, that is when I decided that, that I have to do it full time. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally understandable. It's so hard to sort of have a balanced life when you're juggling multiple balls like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm um so when you were going in and you were working until 2 a.m in the commissary kitchen who were you selling to at that stage was it sort of who were your early adopters and how did you find your target audience um since the beginning I started doing more wholesales Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't very good well I right now I'm still working on improving my direct sales Mm -hmm. Uh, just to make it more accessible and easier to for the consumer. Yeah. Uh, so since the beginning, I was focused on the wholesale uh, part. So I got uh, one of the first ones that I got was Body Energy Club, um, Palm Naturals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that kept me going, and then other companies start 
that coming later. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were going out there and doing all of the relationship building and selling yourself to start with. Yes. Yeah. How did you yes. find that? It's in myself. Yeah. It was fun. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's nice to interact with the person who is buying the cookies. And yeah. Yeah. It's just nice to build that relationship with them. Yeah. To show them uh, what you are doing. Uh, tell them that you are still in a small company that mm-hmm. uh, looking for a for a chance an opportunity yeah and yeah a lot of quite a few people said yeah let's try it and well people like the customers actually like them so yeah. they kept buying so that was good yeah it's always hard like I can imagine being in uh, the shoes of a like a brand new startup business You've got zero dollars in sales. You're starting from scratch. You've got some product Mm -hmm. and you need to go out there and start pitching and you have to, you know, obviously go out there, build relationships, sample, you know, you've got to have an idea of the Mm -hmm. price that you want to sell the product into. And how did you sort of gather all of that information? Was it sort of something that you sort of built upon or did you do some research on price and sort of what the market was looking for exactly? Yeah, I did some research. Um, I have to adjust the price as I went, like mm-hmm. as I during my journey, um, just to to have the chance to target other audience as well, yeah. other customers. Uh, but yeah, I start uh, with one price, but a year later I, I reduce a little bit just yeah. to be able to other customers to purchase the cookies as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so. But I did my research at the beginning um, to have an idea mm. of what was the price setting for for um, direct sales and for wholesales. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's great. And um, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Like once you sort of start to get some businesses on board, word of mouth starts to build. Is that what you found as well? Like people were talking and you were getting warm introductions and, and referrals. Did that sort of occur for you as well? You mean like business to business? Yeah, B2B. Between... So yeah, if you were walking into mm-hmm. a cafe, for example, and you were selling your cookies in wholesale, what was your approach? Was it sort of like a, a conversation? Hey, listen, um, I'm Marilyn. I'm from Panella Lemon. I've got these beautiful cookies that I bake by hand. Um, I'm just starting out and I'd love to sell into a business like yours. And then do mm-hmm. you sample with them? And what's sort of the process look like? Just for anybody out there listening, I think that it'd be sort of valuable to get some insight into sort of what those early days of sales look like from your perspective. Yeah, and in my case, I usually bring samples with me. Yeah. I tell them who I am, uh, what I'm selling, what are the key points of my product, yep. what is the difference. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I I tell them that I got some samples in case that they are interested. And yeah. And I try to follow up with them later. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a minimum order quantity that you're selling into wholesale as well? So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because everybody asks for um, free delivery. Yeah. So you get, you have to have a minimum order depending on the area. Yeah. 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 So you just costed it out to sort of see how you could still maintain your margins and get it into them free. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Did you launch with, how many um, SKUs did you actually launch with? How many different flavors? I got uh, for wholesale six. Yeah. Uh, but I went down to five. I, no, I'm lying. I guess that I did seven, but I went down <laughs> to five. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I found out, I still find that it's a lot, but yeah. Uh, yeah. so far it has worked well. So yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's great. And when you are buying your ingredients, I can imagine at first, you know, your cost of goods is quite high because you're buying smaller yeah. quantities as you have been able to scale your business and, you know, pump out a lot more volume. You've, have you noticed a, an improvement in your cost of goods as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, because I used to buy just these small amounts yeah. just for what I needed. Yeah. But eventually you need to order more and more so you get access, access to a discount. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that is definitely helpful. But I still think that um, there is a chance to get a bigger discount if you have yeah. more. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, if you buy more. Yep. Sorry, that's my dog in the background. I'm uh, working from <laughs> home today, so I'm recording the podcast from the kitchen table. <laughs> no and that's my dog, Penny, who is uh, barking at a bird. <laughs> so sorry about that um no yeah that's interesting yeah i mean it, that is you know it's hard isn't it because margins are so thin in the cpg world and um you know that's a battle for everybody you know obviously managing all of your costs you know whether they're fixed or variable mm -hmm. and um you know one of the greatest areas that people find as they're growing their business is the cost of you know purchasing at scale and i was just wondering like as you're still a relatively new business and you're still growing and still scaling the operation mm -hmm. have you been able to sort of leverage that and obviously the answer is yes but I'm excited to sort of see over the sort of next 12 to 18 month period as to whether that's something you can improve on further. But at the same time, we're all sort of seeing an increased cost of uh, ingredients, you know, due to COVID and availability and so on. So yeah. it'll be interesting to sort of see what the future holds for you there too. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared just yeah. because I've seen already some increase in prices of yeah. my ingredients. Yeah, yeah. So I hope it doesn't go yeah too high because otherwise uh, it will affect me and yeah, yeah as in a small business is 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 really hard to increase yeah. the prices yeah just because you are not very well positioned yet yeah so yeah so um, i i hope it's it's not too bad yeah yeah well you know the reality is is that you don't have any leverage right now you know with your suppliers yeah. but that'll come which is exciting um yeah, i was I talking so. <laughs> to um to kathleen uh st james for or kathleen james sorry from wise bites and she was saying that she's mm -hmm. found exactly that and even though she's a really you know for all intents and purposes a larger um manufacturer she's been um purchasing um quite a large volume of raw ingredients just so that she can keep her costs fixed and um and also to be able to sort of ensure that her supply um is also intact so yeah i can mm -hmm. imagine that yeah these will be challenges that you'll be presented with but right now what is the largest sort of challenge that you're faced with so you know as a small and growing business there'd be lots of challenges um what would sort of be mm -hmm. the main one that you're sort of confronted with um but i think it's just trying to improve uh, the production yep. to make it uh, cost effective. Yeah, I think yep. that that is uh, mainly with when you work with people. Yeah, that is what I found like the most uh, difficult part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, trying to to be able to have your costs where you should be. Yeah, and still, um, yeah, just uh, managing people. I think that that was the yeah the, the most difficult part so far. Yeah, I can imagine. So at what point did you bring on an employee or do you have part-time staff now or how does that look? Yeah, part-time. Part-time. Part -time. I am the yeah. full-time person yeah. and I have part-time. Yeah. So um, I believe to the second year, yeah. the first year it was only me. Yeah. And the second year I started, yeah. 
that first year would have been huge. You would have spent your whole life in the kitchen, I'd imagine. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. I still do. Yeah, yeah, of course. uh, It's like a 10-hour day yeah work every day so yeah yeah i can imagine that throughout that first year you would have actually become really efficient in the production process and your consistency would have been incredible but how did you find it when you started to employ people you know what were the challenges there i can imagine that you know consistency in the way that the product looked and potentially tasted would have you know fluctuated at times and how did you manage that i'm still working on that trying to find the ways to to make things easier for them. Yeah. Just because for me, I'm used to do it. I'm fast and I can yeah. get something done quickly and it still looks good. So yeah. I'm trying to people provide a, a way for them to do it. And But it, it's been really hard just because um, uh, we need a, in a kitchen, we need a person that is fast, first yeah. of all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and take care of, details like measuring and stuff like that yeah so yeah it's a little bit hard but i'm trying still working on getting some something like to improve every single step yeah yeah that's such a common problem i um Mm -hmm. i grew up in my parents business from the age of 12 and it was a fast food sort of um outlet in a food court in a shopping center or a shopping mall Mm -hmm. and uh yeah staffing is always a challenge um and obviously yeah training is a a constant factor in this world which you know you're so familiar with now but yeah you know quality consistency having people that are passionate and, you know, want to be there mm-hmm. and care about the product as much as you, it's, there's a lot that sort of uh, goes into that whole um, piece as an employer. Did you um, know going into it that that is something that you were going to be confronted with? Because a lot of um, entrepreneurs that I was speaking to, they're like, yeah, I took on this business. I knew at some point that I would need to employ staff, but then I hadn't actually thought through what that meant <laughs> until I was sort of confronted yeah, with definitely. it. Is that what you're finding as well? Or you sort of had a really well, good idea and you'd managed people before? I did have an idea just because on my previous job as an electric electrical mm-hmm. apprentice, mm-hmm. we always were moving yep. from side to side. So we always were working with different people and you learn to work with different people yeah. and different ways to do everything. Yeah. And um, so it gave me like an idea of how it should be treating people yep. and how uh, what should expect because I could see from my in this case my foreman I could see um, their difficulties trying to manage people and working with them so yeah. I tried to learn and have an idea of what I should expect and what I shouldn't yeah but it was definitely um, it is hard when you actually have to do it yeah on your own so I, I did have an idea of how it was going to be but it was a little bit different to what I was expecting. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, But um, yeah, it was challenging. Yeah. I can imagine you've obviously got people looking to you now, you know, as you're a manager or, you know, an employer, who Mm -hmm. do you lean on? Who do you look to? And do you have a team of people around you that give you advice or advise you? Uh, You mean in the business? Yeah. For the business. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Andrea. Yeah. uh, From the, she has been, mainly the person yep. who has coached me. Um, I got some people for marketing as well. Um, um, my accountant, every time that I have a question, just because even though I am an accountant, but yep. I don't know very well yep. the laws in here. So yep. Yep. Um, yeah, mainly them. 
Fantastic. How did you find Andrea? Actually, through a friend. She just recommended yeah. and this person to me. And uh, yeah, so I introduced myself. And yeah, yeah, after that, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> what a great find. You probably found the yeah. best coach out there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys just have a one-on-one sort of coaching session or did you actually engage in any of her programs? I both. Yeah. One-on-one and um, her programs as well. Okay, cool. Which, uh, what did you find the most beneficial? Like, how, did you, how do you like to operate? Do you like classes or do you like one-on-one? I prefer one-on-one. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the way I am. Like, um, in that way, I can express exactly what I need. Yeah. And so I think that is the best work for me the best yeah yeah it's focused as well and if you've mm-hmm. got a list of questions you can sort of attack exactly what it is that you're looking yes. for yeah mm-hmm. that's great and when did you start working with andrea since the beginning oh wow I right guess. from the start yeah yeah okay. definitely like oh, just few months after launch i i just felt that i needed some advice yeah yeah um that is why i started looking for some friends that um yeah provided with her information yeah that's fantastic it's interesting. I, um, right back at the start of when I started recording these episodes, I had Sarah Goodman from Chiwis on, and she was telling Mm -hmm. me that she started working with Andrea back Mm -hmm. right when her business idea was relatively new. And uh, one of the greatest pieces of advice that Andrea gave her was when she was looking to at her packaging and, um, Sarah was going, you know what? I really like this package. What do you think, Andrea? And Andrea's like, you know what? my opinion doesn't really matter. What matters is how it looks on the retail shelf. So she recommended that Sarah takes it down to Whole Foods, goes to the section where she believes that her product will be sold, put it on the shelf, stand back and look at it from a consumer's perspective. And, you know, Andrea's advice was as soon as you put it on that shelf, you will know what the package is missing and and where, what you need to pay attention to. And Sarah said that was one of the greatest pieces of advice that she got. And um, and what has been a, a great piece of advice that Andrea has given you? Be patient. Patience. Everything in sales yeah. is just to, it has time for sales. Like yeah, everything comes at its time. Yeah. Know when you have, when you are expecting it. So just be patient. Every yeah. time I, I do something and I'm expecting something, I just remember her. And uh, yeah, it's just about time, all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's probably good life advice, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But in a special, in this case, yeah. Um, she just mentioned that something like is sales, that yeah. is how it works. It's just yeah. about time all the time. Yeah. So for me, that that phrase works all the time. Like uh, I try to keep that in my mind. You know what? That's advice that I need to take as well. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. In the sales game, obviously I work in sales for food pack and uh, you know, sales is one of two things. It's a numbers game, but it's also, you know, a relationship building game and relationships mm-hmm. take a long time to build and, you know, trust takes a long time to build. And then, um, you know, people's buying cycles, you know, you've got to sort of there, you can have golden moments where you can walk in and they're ready to make a decision and go for it right from the start. And there are other times where they're like, you know what, we're okay right now, but come back to me in six months, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Every, every conversation that I have personally is very, very different, but common themes arise. Um, what are some common themes that you've sort of found in the sales game between retailers or um, wholesale buyers, like um, independent cafes? Uh, what do you mean? Um, yeah. So are you finding that, you know, for somebody to take your product on, are they looking to 
uh, for example, knock out somebody else's cookies so that they can bring yours in? Or are they looking to sort of have, you know, multiple, op uh, multiple options for their consumers or their buyers to look at on the retail shelf? Yeah, definitely it's multiple options because um, they have different people going into their businesses. So yeah, I never replace other products. I usually just come part of the, of the line or whatever they're selling. Oh, yeah. And is it common for people to take on um, all seven? Oh, sorry, you've got five SKUs now, you said. Do people usually yeah. take on all five or do they pick sort of two yeah. or three? It depends of the, on the location. Yeah. Uh, but most of them, they take uh, the five SKUs. Yeah. But uh, I have places where they only sell, for example, gluten-free yeah. stuff. So they will only take the gluten-friendly cookies. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things when I was doing my research on Penella Lemon and I was um, trying to find you um, online, um, I spent quite a bit of time on your website and your website is beautiful, which Thank is, you. yeah, and, and it's obvious that you've spent a lot of time and attention building out your brand. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, a common theme on the podcast is that brand is just so critical to get right because not only are you, you know, attracting your persona of the you know the customer that you're looking for but it's representing everything you know within the business mm -hmm. that you want to put out into the world so when you were building out the brand um did you have an idea of exactly what it was going to look like and is this it or has it sort of changed over time um i haven't i always have an idea of what i like yeah. um the colors that i like i wanted to use and uh, there was this person who helped me with the branding so since the beginning uh she just read my mind and I was like yeah this is what I want this is what I, how it has to look and uh like always I wanted to express something that um represent what I do uh I am always trying to tell the consumer um that my products are made with healthier ingredients um they're handmade in in East Vancouver um yeah, something that represents me. And mm. uh, like even the name, uh, Panela. So we use Panela Sugar for the cookies. Um, yeah, so I always try to express that part. Yeah. No, um, I'm familiar with what Panela is. Why don't you give everybody that's listening a bit of an explanation or some insight into what Panela Sugar is? Yeah, it's actually a Latin American sugar. Yep. Uh, it's very popular in Colombia. I grew up uh, having panela every day, almost in every meal. Wow. And uh, it's very popular in Colombia to have it with lemon, lemonade, mm. uh, sweetened with panela. Yeah. So that is uh, how the name came up. Um, I was using panela on the cookies and I thought, yeah, that represents represent me. And it's a wholesome ingredient. Um, it's raw, it's um, unrefined, mm -hmm. it's tasty. And um, and it's from Colombia as well. Yeah. So, and the lemon, I thought, yeah, it, it needs a little bit more. So I thought that the, it was so popular that it's how I used to have it most of the time. So I thought, yeah, maybe yeah. lemon would work. It does <laughs> we'll work. Represent the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it works very, very well. It sort of just rolls off the tongue, panela lemon. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What other names were you thinking of when you were um, coming up with the business name? Um, Like... um. Something more related like cookies, yeah. like cookie name or something like that. But yeah. they never got me. Yeah. When I was thinking, yeah, it, it sounds nice, but I didn't feel that that thing. 
yeah. when I when I actually was looking for names and I was like I give in, I give up mm-hmm. and um and then suddenly I just saw uh, um, a little piece of panela that I have at home and I was like oh yeah this is the name it's like that is how and I felt straight away the name that it was fulfilling and exciting and it's like yeah this is this is the name you just knew yeah, in yeah. that moment, I, I just knew. <laughs> it's kind of like naming a child, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is your child. This is your baby. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so as your baby grows and matures, what do you, mm-hmm. what's your vision for Panella Lemon? Like, what do you, where are you taking this business? Um, I hope I can get into more retail stores uh, so I can scale up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also I'm trying to improve my direct sales. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was building my website, because I was doing everything myself, I missed a lot of parts uh, like SEO and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So I've been trying to learn a little bit about it and it's slowly improving. And yeah, so that is the idea to, yeah. to be better on advertising and things like that. Yeah. As you grow in the wholesale world or that component of your mm-hmm. business and you scale the operation, have you sort of figured out at what point you're going to ha- grow out of the commissary kitchen or how far are you able to take production in that space before you either, yeah. you know, before you yeah. get to a point where you have to sort of reconsider what that looks like? Yeah, it is hard just because in Vancouver, the space is very limited yeah. and it's very expensive. Mm. So even though you are tied in a commissary, you still have to make it work until you have enough money to be able to rent and space in, yeah. in, in Vancouver. So, so far I've been trying to figure out how to take advantage of the time that I have in there. Yeah. But uh, definitely I like to consider the idea of having my own space even mm. much better in, everything, yeah. in every way. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a controlled environment. Yeah, definitely. How many hours are you spending in the commissary at the moment? Um, well, it depends. Just because I am having some help. Yeah. So I try to go three times a week mm. to work in the cookies. And um, on the other days, it's more like deliveries. I'm working on social media, mm-hmm. on I'm trying to get client, whatever. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's always uh, related. Yeah. Yeah. What's, but I'm less time in the commissary now. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, but yeah. And, you know, learning to sort of um, become efficient in the time that you're spending there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you would have gotten really good at that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're sort of suggesting that you're wearing all of the hats at the moment, you know, deliveries, social media, yeah. book work. Yeah. What's, what is your strength? Like, what do you love doing and what are you thinking of outsourcing? anytime soon um uh, definitely i would like some help with social media yeah i feel like i'm not good at it like i still need more experience and i am not very i am posting twice a week and i mm-hmm. definitely should be doing more frequently but i i just don't have the time to be yeah do more of, of what i should be doing so yeah. um, definitely that that would be one of the steps. The bookkeeping, even though I've been doing it myself, I feel like for next year, I'm definitely going to hire a person to help me. Yeah. Uh, it's just getting too much for me. Um, yeah. And I really enjoy to make the cookies. Mm. 
Uh, it just gives me a space where I know what I'm doing. And I feel like, oh, this cookie, I wonder who's going to eat it and, and try to make it nice. So they have a nice experience. So yeah, I enjoyed that part. That's awesome. Can you mm-hmm. see yourself staying in production forever? Like that's something that you always want to at least be attached to it to some degree? Uh, I think it will be harder and harder to do yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I will try yeah. because it's nice to have that connection. Yeah. That you're still with the, that to have that connection with the product that you yeah. are doing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I will definitely try to keep at least one day. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, we've talked about some lessons that you've learned already, um, you know, in terms of managing your cost of goods and so on, managing staff and, you know, the growth of the business and sales. I'd love to hear a little bit more about marketing because you've just suggested, you know, you're doing two posts a week on social media and you feel like that's not enough. What other areas are you sort of looking at to sort of get the message out there about Panala Lemon and, you know, tell all of your, your potential clients about it or, you know, future businesses about it? Um, what are your thoughts there? Well, I think I've been trying to do some pop-ups yeah. where I can actually go and talk to the people. Yeah. Um, I know that there is farmer's market that yeah. you can do. Yeah. Uh, it's just been difficult for me just because um, for the timing, for the weekends, so um, I've been trying to do pop-ups um, with different brands and participating on, uh, I'm going to be part of the deck Expo. So things like that, where yeah. I can be in touch with the customer and talk to them directly yeah. about my product. Yeah. Um, I'm having some help with the social media ads. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I should be more involved maybe. But I, I just haven't had the time, so a person is helping me with that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is um, one of the things, like also um, sampling, where you can actually interact with the person that yeah. is going to be buying. Yeah, So yeah. that is mainly my thing. That's critical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that, you know, farmers markets do give you an opportunity to get in front of your consumer and have that face-to-face interaction. And, you know, for a lot of people that I've had on the podcast, that's how they've sort of been able to develop potential SKUs or new ideas for future um, product development. How are you going about that at the moment? Because I did see that on your website, you've got a seasonal cookie, you know, or a Mm -hmm. limited edition SKU. Um, how do you go about sort of developing that and sort of how many more SKUs you're looking at building out in the future? Is this something that you want to be taking on more of, or are you sort of, sort of focusing right now on scaling back and getting very good at what you do? I've seen a little bit of both. Yeah. I will try to keep the basic ones Yeah. and I still have, uh, something new for the, mainly mm-hmm. for direct sales. Yeah. So, so people, um, are interested in the brand. So trying to keep something new like Christmas, uh, Valentine's, or yep. Halloween for the special occasions. Yeah. So at least have a cookie and probably I will, I hope I can bring it to, to the wholesales as well. Yeah. Yeah. The wholesale stores. Yeah. Yeah. People love it. Um, back when I was managing a cafe in Melbourne, um, you know, we had people coming in with their products all of the time. We were really fortunate in that we had our own kitchen and we had a pastry chef who made all of our sweets and, you know, our chef who had put out a beautiful menu. Um, but yeah, we would still have people come in and pitch us with their banana loaf and carrot loaf and cookies and so on. 
-hmm. And it was always really interesting. And it was always, you know, around the holidays, like when there was a seasonal event, they'd come in with their Christmas offering or their Easter offering. And, you know, that was really cool. But yeah, to have a, a skew, like when I saw that on your website, I'm like, yeah, that's really smart. Like people want to see something fresh all of the time, or at least a new mm-hmm. offering to yeah, keep things fresh. Yeah. 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 I think that that is a good idea just to, to be in their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any unique sort of Colombian cookies out there or is it sort of you know, are there any sort of flavors that you grew up with? Like in Australia, we have Anzac biscuits, which you don't see anywhere else. Just kind of like how you see a Nanaimo bar here in Canada, but you never see Nanaimo bars anywhere else in the world. <laughs> Is there any sort yeah. of like particular sort of cookie that comes from Colombia or the region of Colombia that you come from that, you know, you could potentially work with? Uh, not really. It's more like similar things. Yeah. 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 Basic stuff. As far as I knew from yeah. where I grew up, it was yeah. like that. Maybe yeah. it might be different, different regions of Colombia, but yeah, yeah. from where I come from, uh, no, yeah. it was mainly basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation today. I've learned a lot from you, but one thing before we sort of wrap up the conversation, you know, at the good to grow, um, or sorry, at, um, Andrea's, um, event that she had on a couple of weeks ago, the, um, from the ground up trade show, mm-hmm. it, obviously winning silvers been a great thing for you have you noticed that it has brought anything to the business that you know prior to the award it didn't have or you know some um you know obviously getting out there and being given exposure is always a positive thing but have you noticed any uplift yeah it was nice um actually to meet some of the the buyers yeah yeah uh, sometimes i applied some places but you didn't actually know the person yeah so it was actually nice to talk to them in person. Yeah. Um, I'm still in the process of following up and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice as well to meet others that I I was already working with them, but I didn't yeah. have a chance to talk to them. So yes. that was a, a great opportunity to, to say, uh, hey, this is me, you buy from me. And yeah. Yeah. So it was it was nice. Yeah, it was so good for that exact, like very specific reason, like to get out there and to meet people face to face, which we haven't been able to do a lot of lately. And uh, that's exactly what mm-hmm. I loved about that trade show as well. Get out there, shake hands, meet people, taste their products, build relationships. And yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear that you found some benefit from that too. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was good. Yeah. Um, you know, working in a commissary kitchen, um, I had on um, Jordan Hawking from Sriracha Revolver, and she works out mm-hmm. of, um, I think, Coho as well. Coho. Yeah. yeah, Coho. You know Jordan? Yeah, I know her. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there's such a community within these um, commissary kitchens. Are you finding that, you know, this community is something that you value and that you leverage as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you find out different people in different kind of businesses. Yeah. And so everybody has a different experience depending yeah. on what they are doing. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice to talk to them and gather some knowledge and experience yeah. from them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is probably one of the most valuable things. Yeah. That's great. Listen, I've got one more question for you. Yeah. <laughs> if we were to fast forward a year from now and you could say to me that you've had your best year ever. So we're talking in life or in business. What is it specifically that you will have accomplished? Um, I think maybe have my own space, be able to, to produce in my own space, I think. There, yep. I think that there's a lot of 
answers for this question. Yeah, there is. <laughs> but that is one of the things that come to my mind that it would be really special yeah. just to be able to have your own space. Yeah. And yeah, and be able to work um, as you wish. Yeah. No limitations. So I think it would be really cool. Bring it on. I'm excited to yeah, watch <laughs> you over the next 12 months. And this time next yeah, year, I'll see. check back with you and see where you're at. Awesome. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> great. Well, look, thank you so much thank for you your time. Much. If anybody wanted to check out um, Penala Lemon, what's the best way to do it? Uh, usually I am on Instagram. You can yep. send me a DM or hello at panelalemon.com as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is those places are um, a uh, great way to to contact me. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I recommend for everybody out there listening, definitely head along to Marilyn's website. It's a beautifully branded um, set, branded site. It'll give you some really good insight and perspective on what it is exactly that Marilyn's doing with her cookies. And uh, yeah, you'll see once you actually have a look at the photos of the, um, the cookies themselves, you'll know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. They're such little works of art. And you can tell that Marilyn puts her heart and soul into this. And uh, yeah, if you ever you get the opportunity to taste one of these cookies, I highly recommend it because you'll be as <laughs> blown you. away as I was when I tasted the hazelnut <laughs> one, which is, yeah, delicious. Thank you very much. No worries. Well, great chatting with you. I appreciate your time. It was really nice. Thank you very much Take for care. the opportunity. <laughs> You're Bye. welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'd like to say a special thank you to our show sponsors, Foodpack, Brad Bondachuk and Futurepreneur Canada for making this all happen. If you've got any questions from today's show, feel free to shoot me an email at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn under Hayden Thompson, that's T-H-O-M-S-O-N, or you could DM me on Instagram. And one thing that would mean the absolute world to me would be a rating and a review. I'll see you next week.